Hassle Cattle Company equals hassle-free meat life. That's right. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship Mm. all over the beautiful U.S. of A. and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. And not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to hasslecattlecompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. So check them out, and we promise you will not be disappointed. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Hassle Cattle Draft Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. My last podcast of 2020. I don't know. Uh, Henry and Justin, those are busy guys. They have daily pods. I don't know what else you got going on. Last one of the year here. So, uh, you know. Must be nice, guy. Ushering in the new year here with the Draft Pod. Henry, we're presented by someone. DraftKings, you know Booyah. that. You DraftKings know that. Kings Sportsbook draft podcast. This is the Draft Podcast. I say that just about every week. We're Draft Podcast. We're presented by DraftKings. Seamless transition. I forgot. Uh, you know, final part of the year. You get a little excited. That's how it is. We're starting off with some questions. We just got done watching the Cotton Bowl. A bit of a classic. Uh, kind of big name SEC team opt outs not showing up, getting just their doors blown off them by the 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 upcoming big 12 team that's now going to be overranked in the preseason rankings because of this uh so we've all got some some Kyle Trask takes I'm sure Ronnie Perkins looked good um it was a good one it was a good one um and we're gonna let you guys lead the way speaking of Kyle Trask we're gonna start with our first question from orange and blue Aussie who says my QB rankings for 2021 NFL draft are one Lawrence in parentheses, not even close Two Wilson parentheses, special three fields upside, but risky Four Trask gutsy, but pocket passer only yuppers. Uh, <laughs> Justin's insulted and already waving that ranking off Jones accurate, but some of parts that's I like that note. Very very Aussie of them. Um, good. I then like that. Lance at six. Huge upside, but riskiest pick. Best chance to bust. I think we might just see all six go in the first. 
after tonight's performance, uh, we had this conversation in our group chat, uh, Kyle Trask in the first. Uh, is that is that happening? Shall we read too much into this? I mean, it's been an impressive season, but that was uh, also an epic collapse. There. And it's not really his well, fault. He didn't have like his best players on the field, but there was, yeah. as we were talking about before we started, just you could see it kind of coming on, especially from the beginning when that first pass was floated out there on that out. And then the Ugh. next pass is followed up with the pick six, same kind of yeah. style. Yeah. Pretty rough. Yeah. Dude, like what do he had such a great season, but was it telling Justin after that Bama game that Saban went out of his way to talk about, we, we couldn't cover those two guys on the outside talking about Pitts and Tooney. Uh, by the way, am I, am I pronouncing Tooney right? RK tried Tony. to correct. I think it's Tony. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I've done it again. That's a, that's my brand and I'm sticking to it, but wasn't it telling though that, you know, a guy like Saban's shouting out those two targets and not giving all that much credit to uh old Kyle T you did you read much into that Justin not really in the moment but now that you bring it up it, it makes a lot of sense I mean they they definitely had a difficult time staying with those dudes bigger physical guys and I mean Bama's kind of struggled in man against a lot of bigger dudes this whole year yeah kind of worried about that in the playoff a little bit we'll have to see how that plays out if they score 70 points a game it's not really gonna matter but mm -hmm. it's a the thing about Florida is you're you're going to hear every narrative in the book. I mean, you already addressed it. Oklahoma, they're going to get ranked way too high because of this win. Florida, everybody's going to make the excuses. They had a bunch of people out. Yes, yeah. that is definitely a fair factor. But also, you know, you get the whole, oh, they didn't really want to be there because, you know, they just lost the big game. And oh, yeah. now it's this a is a consolation. And oh, yeah. that always makes me roll my eyes because, like, don't play them. Let, let somebody else show up to the totally. primetime bowl game. Yeah for reals yeah really it's kind of a bummer this was i thought this was going to be one of the more fun games and it was just a total total ass kicking from the get-go not even that enjoyable of a watch i would say that even though it, it definitely was a bummer and i was hoping for a really excited exciting football game there was a whole lot of value in this game like we basically just ate our vegetables um, instead of getting to watch a, a shootout with a couple of good offenses, we now have some very valuable information about Kyle Trask that we yeah. very easily could have gone into this offseason not knowing. And and those opt-outs, Kadarius Toney, uh, Kyle Pitts, don't forget about Trayvon Grimes, the other receiver who's very good. He is a very good receiver. It might not be like yeah, the, no, the right. duo that Bama throws out there, but Good point. This is one of the best groups of weapons in, in the country. Uh, Kadarius Tony is flying up draft boards as well. We talk a lot about Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's just yeah. such a great group. And when he doesn't have them, sure, like that's going to be tough. And the lack of chemistry is something that you probably won't have to deal with in the pros because you'll be practicing with guys. But those throws well, he was making, just lobbing the ball to defenders. Mm -hmm. I mean, three interceptions in the first quarter. That That is just terrifying to me if I'm trying to draft Kyle, Kyle Trask. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the question. Is he is he a system guy? Were his weapons really saving him? And now we're going to go back to the tape and see how much were uh, Tony, damn it all, Tony and Pitts covering up for him. Uh, that's going to be the real question because as you were saying, Jake, uh, those dudes are getting drafted higher, higher than Kyle Trask. Yeah, rightfully sure. so. Yeah, absolutely. But I, we have to give Oklahoma some credit, though, because that offensive line Dude. was mauling Florida. And they ran all over them. I, what is it? 435 yards. 
That is crazy. So I, I did find the, I guess, sarcastic SEC chance at the very end pretty entertaining, though, just because, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of some karma, right? The greatest. But, um, um, it, I will say this. It, if that was eating our vegetables, if that was taking our, like, at-home enema um, on Kyle Trask uh, and sitting <laughs> at the toilet for the entire Cotton Bowl and just letting that work out of our system – his arm strength, we're going to get the, 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 the big conversation with Trask is old school. I've compared him to Philip Rivers. Um, but honestly, I've said it before on this pod. I think the lack of mobility doesn't super concern me, A, because he's built like a tank, so he's hard to bring down, which is what mobility makes up for. And B, the, the dude is really, really good under pressure. The weakness of that dynamic Florida offense was that O-line, and he did a really good job. Watch that Georgia tape. He was outstanding under duress. He's really good making, still generating power without, uh, you know, having his full base under him. But in this game against Oklahoma, I have real concerns about his arm strength. His arm strength got exposed, and it's not just on the out for the first pick. You can see it on these targets over the middle where he's not totally on the same page with uh, with his wideouts, but still he's not he's not cutting through the middle of a of a defense the way you would with that NFL type of zip. You know, like I was saying, I think Indy's a great fit in a dome. I wouldn't want him in the AFC North though, where in November, December we're playing in Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore outdoors. I don't know that he's got that zip to drive through the wind and and all that. You know, he's not he's not Josh Allen. Um, so I think you know Trask and Josh uh, Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and let's get into these other ones because I think we all agree that I'm probably the highest guy on Trask, but. He's the sixth guy on my list. Yeah, um, he's way down there. Yeah, and, and kind of in a different tier. Um, I know you're going to be the highest on Mac Jones, who's fifth in these rankings behind Trask for Orange and Blue Aussie. Um, Justin, and I was thinking about Mac Jones a lot this week because um, Dwayne Haskins, a guy who I was very high on, one-year wonder, blue-collar school, uh, just a mesmerizing season with all those targets in that offense for his deep ball accuracy. I compared him to Jared Goff. This was in the year where Jared Goff took uh, the Rams to the Super Bowl. So that was a, a favorable comparison. Now it's a much more divisive comparison. And just in general, Mac Jones reminds me so much of guys like Bryce Petty, Jared Goff, uh, Mason Rudolph, um, you know, Brandon Wheaton. Compliment, right? No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying these spread four wide guys that are just pocket passers and they're doing it all on deep ball accuracy because they have these dynamic weapons. Shoot, it's hard to translate. It's hard to translate. And Haskins' problems weren't on the field, let's be clear. Um, and I think because he was such, he was a, a major, major lightning rod in that organization because he symbolized the power struggle that is taking power away from Dan Snyder, the owner. Um, so there's a lot at play with Dwayne Haskins. But in a week like this where he got cut, my top-ranked quarterback in that class, just barely one position ahead of Kyler Murray, um, it's got me thinking about Mac Jones, you know, and uh, as we play a uh, preview, these playoffs, 
it's going to be really big to see where what he can do against, you know, probably the toughest defenses he faces this year. Definitely going to be a great test. And I mean, that's one of the other yeah. things we had talked about in the group chat is, you know, how much do you credit some of these quarterbacks coming out of these massive programs that have all the weapons in the world around them? Because history says these guys don't translate. I mean, it's not even we just talked about Dwayne Haskins, but there's all kinds of examples of guys that have come out, you know, in the last decade that just oh. didn't pan out. They just yeah. get exposed. I'm, yeah. I worry a little bit about that with Mac Jones. I mean, you just see it's so many guys just running wide open and, mm -hmm. you know, he's making the throws. They're great. He's incredibly accurate, yep. but, but you know, can he do it against these elite defenses that can really break on the ball? He's got a good arm. I wouldn't say he has a great arm, right? It's going to be interesting, you know, on some of those 50, 50 balls, does he get exposed a little bit like Trask did Yeah. or does, you know, he kind of prove me right. And cause I, yep. I just think he's better and, and, we'll kind of have to see. I, I have big expectations for him. It's a tough position, you know, being where he's at, just where the, the two quarterbacks before him have both been very successful because guys are just naturally going to say it's all because of the system. That's maybe fair. Uh, but I would say based on what I've seen, I mean, Max produced better than either of those guys. Yeah. Well, I think we also need to talk. I mean, just in regards to the question, I mean, there might be four or five guys in the first round, but it's always, it's so rare for every single one of them to hit. I mean, you go back to what was it? The 2018 class with Baker uh, and Josh Allen and Lamar. I mean, yeah. you could really say that those three were really the only quarterbacks. I mean, who, who were the others? Uh, Arnold, uh, Rosen. Arnold and Rosen. So, yeah. I mean, it's just so tough for all five or all these first round quarterbacks to hit. And oh, yeah. while we're kind of building this class up again, I don't think we're quite building it up to the 2018 class. Uh, it's still going to be, probably just not going to happen that all these guys turn out and oh, on the topic sure. of Mac Jones though I do think that he has something to work with um, especially in terms of just how he moves in the pocket and all that I, he's not quite Trask where he can he has the body to really just make one shift and he's right in that throwing window yeah. but he does really play well in the pocket and he came in and was awesome in terms of relieving Tua last year after the injury yeah. so you know, I, he is kind of that one year wonder, but it's not completely to the degree of Haskins or someone else. I mean, you're, you're getting a guy that's been in a program and has played well for more than a year for sure. Does the one year wonder stuff scare you though? Like with Haskins, that's maybe one of the bigger eye openers is man. It's tough to put high grades on these quarterbacks who I just have a year of hate really yeah. hard, man. It, it, I, I get that because, I mean, what's the Bill Parcells rule? You want the yep. three-year starter? And, yep. you know, we kind of – I think it was maybe a bit the middle or beginning of this day, or of the 2010s. We kind of saw like a shift away from that and ha had yeah. all these transfers coming in and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think we've kind of seen a regression back to that rule just in the past couple of years. I mean, Kyler Murray kind of uh, outlier, I guess, in terms yes. of that. But, I mean, he's just a dynamic athlete. So, Yeah, no, it's really true. Um, and I also want to, you know, we get so Hank, we got so caught up and like hating on guys like Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, because they're not the sexy mobile quarterbacks. And that's what's trendy right now. I remember going all in on mobile quarterbacks in my dynasty league, like 10 years ago when those were all the rage. Let me tell you some of those mobile quarterbacks that were all the rage back then in the NFL, Andrew Luck. The number one priority in all of Dynasty football, right there with RG3. 
who I mean was like a god sent from from heaven to teach us how football could be entertaining again. He was revolutionary. He had changed the game and we were all in awe and we're going to watch and admire RG3 revolutionize football. Uh, that lasted about a, six months. Uh, 15 weeks is what that lasted. Uh, we had a Heisman prior to that, so maybe two years. Then uh, Colin Kaepernick came along a little while later. In that, Russell Wilson emerged as well. Um, so, you know, the, the, the cerebral pocket passer will always strive in the NFL because that's the name of the game. Um, but it, the problem now in the NFL is transitioning to being able to be a veteran and be in the league long enough to become cerebral and smart. And you might to survive those years to get to that point, but it sure would help if you were mobile. I'll give you that. Um, but so with that tangent aside, Hank, how would you rank these quarterbacks now? It's so hard. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy we get like a couple more weeks before this college football yes. season's over. There aren't. We're in the weeds. It's a very much like work in progress rankings, right? Yeah. And, and it's been so hard all season where it's been like, I really don't know like Kyle Trask or Mac Jones, Kyle Trask or Mac Jones. Well now, um, because my complaint with both of them was kind of the same thing that they have these weapons and they're in really great situations. And you know, what would happen if Zach Wilson was there? I'm not really sure, but I don't think that anything would go that much worse. Mm -hmm. So to see Kyle Trask finally fall off without the weapons, at least we know that, I mean, not we, we can't just say that what he did was fake or anything, but we do know that he isn't impervious or he isn't perfect without weapons or something, whereas Mac Jones still has been very good, even though we haven't seen him in the situation where he would have fallen like Kyle Trask did. Um, so Mac Jones is definitely ahead of Trask for me at this point, and I'm not sure that was true before this. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it's got to be Trevor Lawrence, number one. Yes. Um, I think we all agree on that one. Yep. Uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields is a great conversation. And yes, it is. I, I don't know. I don't know what I want to see from at this point, like for one to beat the other. Like if, if Justin Fields goes crazy in the college football playoff, well, yeah, yeah. Then, then he winds up yeah. being number two. But the, I think he still has the edge to me just because it has been more sustained. He's had the big success. Um, although I would have such a tough time passing on Zach Wilson's arm. Um, and from there, I guess that's probably where I fit Mac Jones in. Um, and then it's probably Trey Lance and then Kyle Trask. And then after that, there's really nothing that excites me all that much. Like I kind of like Kellen Mond, but there is like a very, very big drop off right there. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Um, Malik Willis, he's my guy. He, I wow. love that dude. Um, Justin, you're nodding along. Lawrence won. Then how's the rest of that top six shake out? I got to go Wilson two, yeah. three fields, mm -hmm. four Jones, five Trey Lance, six Trask, I'd say. I mean, it's four through six it's all relatively debatable the thing about wilson it's just it's that arm you know henry brought it up so many people passed on josh allen because he supposedly didn't play enough talent i saw that dude make throws in the wind in wyoming that nobody else was making 
He's balling out. He's mm-hmm. exceeded my expectations in every way and imaginable. And I thought he was going to be pretty damn good. At some point, you just got to trust what you're seeing. Yeah. And Zach Wilson's a freaking stud, man. He's a just yeah. a, a guy that changes the game when he's out there. Got the arm, got the athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. You know, you'll get the fan base excited no matter where he goes. How do you pass on a guy like that? Yeah, he's lit. Yeah, I agree with the majority of the top. I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty clear. It's Lawrence and then Wilson and then Fields at this point. But I'm thinking that Trey Lance might be my number four just after watching Josh Allen's progression and watching Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, it's clear Lance has the tools, and we tore him apart after they played – uh, Northern Arkansas or whoever it was, because, you know, he did throw his first interception. He wasn't completely on target, but as kind of like what Justin said with Zach Wilson, the arm is there, man. And it's apparent that it's, he's very talented and he can sling the rock. So it's, again, it's a lot to work on, but I think that someone's going to see the tools. And again, they're going to try and get uh, a Justin Herbert or Josh Allen, like turnaround. It's why this deal is so hard. Um, and it's why, I mean, I've, I, Trey Lance to me is going to get that same grade I slapped on Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Blake Bortles, um, Carson Wentz. I mean, the, the, Paxton Lynch, the, the, the list is fairly say, are we long. we in Paxton Lynch territory here? Absolutely. He has to be thrown in the discussion, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, add another name to the Haskin, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones comps, uh, Blink Abbott. That's another guy that fits in there. So nothing but studs with those comps. Um, but no, and so look, sometimes those guys work out. Patrick Mahomes is in that mold, though Patrick Mahomes is kind of his own unicorn. unicorn yeah. Um, I, I truly, I guess outside of that one year from RG3, prior to Mahomes had never evaluated an air raid quarterback that worked out. So I'd basically given up. I, I wasn't even bothering ranking air raid quarterbacks in the top 50 anymore. Um, Cause it was like, yeah, what's the point? These guys just like, they don't translate in the slightest wrong generational talent. Um, so like everything happens in a vacuum. When I say that, that's not bullshit. I've, I've, I've learned the hard way. Um, but yeah, I, I have a hard time from three on. Cause I'm with you guys on Wilson fields, Lance, I don't know. I, I could start talking myself into Trey Lance if we're just going upside, if we're just going athleticism, arm combination, and I hope my quarterback coach can figure it out. I don't know. I mean, I love Justin Fields, but you could talk me into Trey Lance just because that arm is so over the top. He's got a bazooka. Um, and then, yeah, it's Jones, and I think Trask is after that, and Malik Willis is in there and we'll see what Sam Ellinger does and Kellen Mond. And it's going to be an interesting class after that. Honestly, if I was Kyle Trask, I'd go back to Florida. I don't extra, think he, is he a extra year, right? Everybody extra year. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. Literally no. anybody in the country can go back. If there's so, school, we'll take him. I just take that. Say, thanks a lot. I'll be in this Dan Mullen. I'll get my bill Parcells third year. I'll get my bill Parcells 20 wins. And we'll we'll reevaluate next year when it's you know like we saw Spencer Rattler tonight. Not impressed, folks. Not impressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's we just saw... the tools that I like. The tools are great, but yeah, I don't know. 
Well, and then you just look at the other guys that Florida was throwing in there because obviously Trask didn't play the whole game. And I don't think it was just because of performance. I think Dan Mullen kind of recognized the situation and was just like, I'm just going to get him out of here. Especially, I mean, when you think about Derek King and just the awful injury that was, you just don't want that to happen. But I think I thought it was interesting just watching this game and seeing Dan Mullen kind of try and shoehorn Kyle Trask into that offensive system, you know, just every time they were running that quarterback power or counter with Kyle Trask yeah. and he was just like lumbering into the offensive line, man, that's just, it was tough to watch. And bad could, coaching is what that is. Yeah. But you could see that they wanted to get the young guys in there at quarterback and they were just not up to it. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be interesting with the quarterback. Sorry. Hank. Oh, it's all good. It, it is going to be interesting though. And I think that for the most part, I, I think that there are a few of these guys that have a set order. Like, I do think that it's Trevor Lawrence and then it's Zach Wilson and Mac Jones and then Kyle Trask. Where Justin Fields and Trey Lance fit into those other four is what I think is really up for debate right now. Because you can look at what Trey Lance does and say, like, yeah, combination of arm and legs, you Mm -hmm. love it. The fact that he couldn't put up, like, impressive passing stats against FCS competition – really really don't love that and to me like that's something that really turns me off not because like it's something that is insurmountable or it's going to doom him or anything but because when i put all the cons of all these quarterbacks on a list that is the biggest one on anybody's list to me and so i'm gonna put him way down toward the bottom at the same time like dre if you like him i i can see why you would put him right after zach wilson so there is some subjectivity still there with a couple of those guys but I do think that at least those four are said. Well, here's the thing with uh, guys like Fields and Lance too. They have that dual threat ability. And something that I've kind of, I guess, learned about this football season is just playing the quarterback position and your margin for error within that. Mm -hmm. Like how much do you need to rely on your other other teammates? How much can you create on your own? Just how perfect do you need things to be for things to go right? especially after watching Drew Locke, it seems like a lot of things need to be perfect, you know, for that to kind of go right. But when you have these athletes like Lance, like Fields, you really increase that margin for error just because of the athleticism alone. And like you mentioned earlier, Andre, we've kind of seen the shift in these running quarterbacks. And I think it's for that reason, because they can create and they can get Mm -hmm. themselves out of situations and make plays. Margin of error doesn't get talked about enough in scouting, but it's exactly why a big tackle or a big wide receiver who runs fast is going to have a larger margin of error. Same exact thing. Sorry. The thing is though, like with Trey Lance, he does have those tools to be able to create for himself, or at least on paper he does. But in pretty much every single game he plays, he has a better player at every position around him than the opponent does. Like, like NDSU has won eight of the last nine FCS national championships. And so anybody who goes through there should look good. Maybe not as good as Trey Lance has looked and you can see the tools and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. I, I just get scared. I see those red flags are just terrifying to me. Well, you know, what's funny is of these top six, that's the case with every single one of these guys in all but two games a year, except for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, and Zach Wilson, this was the first year in what, 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, Justin, where BYU actually has a schedule where they're the favorites 
in all but two games because usually their schedule is stacked with, you know, Notre Dame, USC, Utah. This year, because of COVID, a lot easier schedule, not nearly as many blue bloods. So take that all with a grain of salt, too. The good and point. by far his best year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a good one. Um, thank you, Orange and Blue Aussie. We'll be talking quarterbacks, obviously, throughout the year. We've got more questions from you guys that we're going to get on the other side. Hank, I know you've got a, a special shout out, if you will, in this final draft pod of 2020 for us. Of course I do. I always have a whole bunch of special oh, yeah. shout outs. Um, and while the holiday season may be winding down, the sports calendar is in full swing this week from collegiate to professional sports. There is no shortage of action and there is no yep. better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for to celebrate this year's college football playoffs? DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any, any semifinal team to win the championship at 100 to one odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship. And if your team wins, you cash $100 while we're all excited for football. Let's not forget the 2021 basketball season just kicked off. So mm. head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boost. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal this week for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That's an amazing offer. Real quick, round the clock. If you were a new DraftKings user and you had this amazing offer where you just get to bet one buck to win 100 on which of the four semifinalists will win the natty. Is anyone betting against Clemson? Uh, Justin, what's the case for Alabama, I guess? <laughs> they have the best <laughs> offense in the country. They do. Um, <laughs> and maybe a better defense than Clemson, which isn't saying much, but in these playoffs might be saying everything. Um, They're also and, the favorite. I mean, that they are the favorite. into that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, yes, they are the favorite. So you are stacking the odds um, in your favor. I just, uh, I feel like going with the best quarterback, you know? Me too. Trevor Lawrence is going to go win another. But yeah. you can get Clemson on the odds boost. So it makes more sense. Oh, that is true. Yeah, oh. that is. So you, if you're, even I mean, if you don't take Bama, it makes more sense to do one of the other two teams because you got Clemson on the odds boost. That's like, true. If you're not in on DraftKings, fam, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, just money coming out of all pores here. You're covering covering your, your ass from all ends. Next question from Pastor Rhett is a beaut. Um, Justin, you especially, I think, will be tickled by this. So he says, this seemed like the place for this question. Congratulations. You are now the brand new group of five playoff committee. So that's fun. Not Thank power God. five. Group awesome. of five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Justin would be a phenomenal candidate. These three other degenerates, I'm not so sure. <laughs> How would you go about creating a group of five playoff? Who gets in? Who do you think is the eventual champion? Here's my bracket. Cincinnati one versus Ball State, who's the eight seed. Coastal Carolina two 
taking on Liberty as the seventh seed in parentheses, wild game. Absolutely was. Um, number three, BYU versus Tulsa. Number four, or and then the final leg of the bracket is Louisiana against San Jose State. That's the four five matchup. BYU Tulsa was the three six matchup. Um, so yeah, how uh, how would you guys go about this? It's tough to me. The, the BYU thing is confusing. Like like, are we including independence or are we not? I well, I agree. I don't think we do. We're all our own commissioner. I have gone hard at Notre Dame for like two years now. If this was my job, I'm on the phone with South Bend like twice a day. Like, hey, you guys want to be in our uh, group of five playoffs? Like, I'm all on board. I've got NBC wants to cut us a deal. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm making moves, Hank. But if you want to exclude BYU. I actually think, all jokes aside, that's the appropriate way to go about this, right? Mm-hmm. To I mean, me, unless... it's, you put the conference champions in, next three at large by the rankings would be the way to do it. I mean, you do have Liberty and Army as other independents, so I guess you, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to make it like if your schedule is half G5 compared to P5, then you could be in the G5 tournament. I don't know. We're just excluding BYU, and it, yeah, they're just they can't come. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no independence, no logic, no. There's, it's not for like prejudice or anything like that. There's, they just can't come. I don't need, it's whatever. I go, love go playing your other bowl game. It's a, no, it's a um, group of five tournament. Yeah, a you're not little... a group of five team because you're not in a group. Liberty will cut them some slack, even though they cut a yeah. deal with the devil when they, you know, uh, oh no, hired did they? Freeze. Maybe he we knows. should keep them out too, but I don't think morality should really play into it. Um, I it's love college this football. question, though. Not in year one, at least. <laughs> Here's the fun caveat I would throw in. I would have an at-large bid. Are you ready for this, Henry? Oh, for I'm ready. FCS champ. Oh, wow. So you want the FCS to win it? That kind of spoil it for all I'm down guys. with that. I'm down with that. I want to see North Dakota State get really tested yeah. um, as the A seed. Now it's up to us. We could make it a four, a four seed playoff. We could make it a 16th seed playoff. We can do whatever, you know, um, who would win this? Is, is it Sancy, Cincy by a, by a mild could BYU put up a challenge uh, coastal. I think, I think even... it'd be competitive. I, I think uh, on top of the ones you named, uh, Louisiana never got right there. I, I was about to say it and then I got scared, but yeah, I I do think it would be very competitive though. Louisiana beat Iowa state just so everyone can remember. Yeah. They didn't even win their own conference because coastal won it, but Louisiana beat Iowa state on the road too. Yeah. I I just wonder if you start Mm -hmm. this type of G (laughs) five tournament, would you kind of see a dude like a separation in the top talent? Like you do in the power five. I mean, it's like every year it's already happened. Yeah. But there's like two or three teams in the power five, right. That are just obviously Mm -hmm. clear cut above everyone else. And yeah, I think it looks like Cincinnati BYU, I guess. And then coastal are really cut above these other teams. Right. Well, Boise state, (sighs) I would say over the last decade has probably been, Mm -hmm. you know, the G five team. I tell uh, you UCF what, obviously has had a ton of success. They'd probably be in the conversation. Dude, yeah. Memphis I mean, would be great. Most years. It I would mean, be a lot of fun. The concept is very intriguing. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating, Justin? I know this drives you as crazy as it does me. This is the first year in 
10 years, you could do this exercise and there only be one AAC, the mighty AAC, um, only one team. Because usually that's the one G5 team where it's like, well, there's actually Temple's ranked 18th and uh, <laughs> Memphis is uh, 25th. The and real uh, power six. The, yeah, the exactly. Twitter exactly. campaign of all time. Thank and the Mountain the conference West, that spans all the way. Shout out to the, the Mountain West for not doing that <laughs> shit. True. Because <laughs> they at least like recognize their place. So like, yeah, I mean, we're not there, but they take a lot of shots at the American because the Mountain West has had some decent bowl success against the American. But know your role in college football, guys. Like, look, it's it's a weird wonky system and people fight over it all day. But if you just know your role, you can enjoy it a lot more. I promise you when you're not getting upset about things that are never realistically going to happen, your life is just a little bit easier. Wow. I mean, you're right. I mean, just looking at the college football playoff, I mean, there's four spots in the college football playoff rankings that matter, right? It's one through four. So when we're arguing, like, why is Iowa State still over Louisiana or whatever? It's Who cares? It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> no, it does matter. This is college football. And being a college football fan is always thinking your program should be back to that one, like, isolated five-year stretch in your hundred-year program history where they were actually good and like worthy of being ranked in the top 20. That sure. is our duty as college football fans. We, we must be delusional and think only like that at all times. I will say this. I would love attorney like this, even though I'm against expanding the playoffs because I can't stand these bulls. Yeah. I hate all these opt-outs. They are just soul that's what we've got to change we've got to make the bowl system more enticing you you know we can we can argue about the playoff it It used used to matter matter. people are opting out of new year's six bowls if people don't want to play in in the orange bowl and the rose bowl and stuff like that right and at that point it's just like it's clearly all just about money we also just saw like Derek king exactly tear his acl and it's like well he wasn't going to the draft anyway but what if he what if he had been or what if somebody who was wow. going did and you're just like well that's just a waste i mean jake I, butt. it's tough jake yeah butt. i mean yeah but i mean when you when you ask him even to this day jake butts like i would still play in that game 100 would not change a single thing yeah and i love and, dudes like that i understand yeah, that the exactly. risk for injury it can happen but give me a thousand jake butts on my team yeah, and that's what every GM is going to say is like, oh, we want the guys who 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 it's are cliche. going to go play, who value playing in these bowl games because that's important. And then they're going to go draft Kadarius Tony because it's like, well, look at <laughs> exactly. him. He's electric. We're not yeah. going to pass him up for, for this big guy who had to prove himself. <laughs> and I have no beef with the people opting. Like, I'm, I'm, this isn't me criticizing the players for choosing to protect their financial interest. No, totally. I just think we have to make it so that people want to play these games. Maybe that's not even possible. Maybe I'm just, you know, yearning for something that is gone. I want Blockbuster and we're on Netflix now. Yeah. But I I think that you could potentially just shake it up by getting rid of some of these auto bids. It all comes down, they do it for ticket sales because they know if you get 10 big 10 teams, 10 SEC teams, Mm -hmm. they're going to pack the stands. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We get a bunch of crappy bowl games. Yeah. And we get, you know, I would have loved to have seen San Jose State play one of these teams or Coastal Carolina or any of them. Liberty, give us a shot because clearly Florida wasn't up for it. I just think that we should be deciding the championship on the field instead of like by voting so much. And these two things could just go hand in hand. 
cut out the garbage bowl games, make yourself a big old playoff. And I think everybody would be happy in the end. The people would not be happy when it happened. There would be some who would be some who wouldn't five years down the line. I think people would be like, yeah, this is, this is nice. I don't think we'd be very happy in Colorado if that happens. That's all I'm going to say. I think it would be the death of uh, the PAC 12, the mountain West, the American, some of the schools in the sec, even the most of the big 12, half the big 10. I mean, that's I, I think it'd kind of be the opposite of what you were saying, Hank. I think it'd be exciting first off. And then as we're kind of five years into it and we've got Alabama against Liberty again in the first round, it's just, I mean, who's going to watch that game? I mean, what's the spread on that hypothetical game? Minus 49 Alabama. I mean, what are we even doing at this point? Why are we yeah. playing this? I want to go pre BCS. It's only voting. All the bulls matter because that's how you get moved yeah. up and Subjectivity down. Subjectivity is what makes people fight <laughs> like, and care. Who cares, man? Like we have Olympic sports that are based off BS judging. Like I, let's do it in college football too. I don't care. I'm. I down. also think an expanded playoff though would like. Yeah, I mean, spread it's out the talent. I I, I think that if people thought they could go anywhere other than Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state and play in a national championship, they'd be much more inclined to go somewhere else. I don't think very many high school players truly make their decisions on national championships. That's that's fair. But they may come off the, the advertising that comes from that extra hype of them getting the greater national spots spotlight from being in the, Everything works a, together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the Johnny Menzel money symbol, exactly. Um, <laughs> Pastor Rhett, that was a great one. A double dip alert from Pastor Rhett. I'm reading his Ooh. second comment already. Um, that That's not me with some <laughs> clever analogy. That's me reading what Pastor Rhett is saying. I've started to look into this 2021 defensive class for the first time in earnest, and it's made me realize that I don't have a full grasp on the Fanjo scheme and what traits it values at each position. Would love a segment that is like a scout's guide to the Denver defense so I can decide how I want to rank prospects and not rely on the national guys' general rankings. Thanks so much for the work you put in to give us the best coverage for any team in the NFL. Grace and peace, y'all. Really appreciate Pastor Rhett for that. Um, so we, we'll expand on this. And when we talk defensive prospects, this is always something we're going to touch on. Um, but yeah, I want to, before we get into these final bull previews, um, I think we can dig into this. Uh, some, you know, so for one, Corners, we're going to play more zone. That's a, a big thing. And um, in the past, Fanjo's defense has asked more coverage from the linebackers. Now we're seeing more coverage um, from the safeties here. And uh, it is weird that a, a renowned linebacker coach like himself hasn't wanted to upgrade the linebacker position all that much. Though uh, we are finding even in Denver, he values flexibility and uh, versatility from his linebackers, even as edge rushers. And I think we're seeing that even from his corners and safeties. You know, he wants guys with versatility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the name of the game in the back seven and how he can kind of manipulate coverages and play in zones, but still uh, not get abused by matchups. And, you know, it's a, it's a three, four base, but they're going to be in a four man front quite often. I think that's kind of the short and sweet. I've written a couple film rooms on that. Um, that you can find on the site. Um, and yeah, as we break down traits and stuff, we're going to get into that 
a whole lot more, but that's kind of the, the short and sweet on the defensive prospects. I don't know if anyone wants to add anything beyond that before we go. Yeah. I think that one of the things that stands out is that a lot of different players can fit with the Broncos because like the reason they like the versatility is so they can do a bunch of different things. They can play cover three, they can play cover two, they can play some man, they can blitz a whole bunch of guys. Mm -hmm. They can rush just a couple. They can go from here or here with other guys dropping coverage. And because everybody, you either need to be versatile or be a role player. Like it seems like they stock up on defensive linemen and then just throw guys into the right situation. Instead of saying like, here's our four guys who we're going to have three on the field on every play. It's like, here's our six or seven. And in this situation, it's these guys or these guys or these guys, and they just rotate. But it doesn't seem like, and this is, I guess, a question for you guys. What position would you say that Vic values the most on defense? Because it almost (laughs) feels like he doesn't really value any of them because they're just willing to take anything and just do something different. I would say we've seen the most investment in the secondary under Vic, but it's, I mean, Chubb was a top five pick and that's yeah. kind of changes the course of how you build a defense. Once you get a piece like that. And so, you have Vaughn already. Exactly. And Ch- Chubb drafted when it was still Vance Joseph and Joe Woods, I believe. I think that was their final year. Um, was it? I yeah. I back. remember, I remember the guys coming back from the combine and being like, Oh yeah. The, Vance Joseph defensive staff really likes Nick uh, Bradley Chubb. Oh, you're right. You're Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, that's another good point. And I think probably the biggest area of investment has been that versatile corner who can play in the nickel can play outside the Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan's uh, his, their final year when he was the DC in San Francisco, they drafted Jimmy Ward who fits a very similar mold. Um, to that, another thing, a, a nice wrinkle I liked in the Fanjo defense when he was at Chicago is sometimes they would have um, these intricate nickel fronts, but instead of a, a classic four man front, it would be three edges and like one real down lineman, uh, which of course was Hakeem Hicks, who <laughs> when you have Hakeem Hicks, you know, and that's that's what we see is he caters to his talent. He lets the talent he has kind of dictate how he plays. He's been in the league very a very long time, but it's not to play just one way a la Greg Williams. He's shown himself to be very adaptable. But a nice little wrinkle was those three edges. And Khalil Mack, versatile enough in coverage. And he had Leonard Floyd, very mobile in coverage. And that's why I think we've seen them try to add guys like Justin Hollins, um, who you know obviously didn't work out. Um but, you know, in general, versatility. Demarcus being able Walker. To, Demarcus Walker. Yeah. Down? I mean, no, that was a Vance Joseph. Yeah, that was before. Mm-hmm. But even so, Justin you know, Sternod, that who didn't even get to play yep. this year, he was someone that was expected to come in and kind of fill that hybrid linebacker safety corner type yep. role. Unfortunately, we haven't, we obviously didn't get to see it. But um, even Ojemudia, I thought he was fairly versatile as a corner. I mean, he, yep. he's got the length, obviously, the size. But he did show kind of those zone, uh, I don't know, variations of just he can do handle a lot on that front and just participate in a lot of different coverages. Yeah, and Will Parks has been utilized a lot, but clearly didn't value him since they let him go for like peanuts. Um, so, and that's where it differs, right? Like we know how the Vance Joseph defense plays. 
We know how it's played at its optimal function in stops like San Francisco and Chicago, and even dating back to his days at Carolina. We don't know what he values, though, totally. Um, and I think he is very adaptable. And I think Vance Joseph or Vic Fangio right now with how he's constructing his defense along with John Elway, they're really thinking about how do we stop Mahomes? How do we stop the Chiefs? How do we stop the Chargers? Um, and so that no wonder you'd have more of an emphasis on versatile secondary guys, right? Like a guy who can cover, but hopefully can tackle too because we're going to play with a lot of five DBs out here to survive against a team like the Chiefs. So, um, Hank, we have one more break to go to before we preview these bulls. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We sure do. Just did one. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And, uh, oh, wait. Um, oh, snap. Oh, no, it worked. The, the, the ad copy changed, and I'm a bit oh. caught off guard. Well, you guys have, you guys know all about Strava Craft Coffee. Um, it's CBD-infused coffee. Uh, it changes people's lives. I mean, CBD can help with so many different things, like anxiety or body aches or whatever. Um, and, and it it's the reviews are incredible for Strava craft coffee. I know that a bunch of people at DMVR have tried it. I've had the cold brew and it's mm. spectacular. Um, it's really good coffee. Doesn't give you the jitters. Um, CBD is non-psychoactive. I guess that's a pretty important note. Um, and it's again, just really, really good stuff. If you want to try it, then you can, uh, save 20% off your order using the code DMVR20, um, or you can get 20% off every single shipment that you get um, every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks if you subscribe. Uh, it's a great deal. They have K-Cups, they have whole beans, they have grounds. Uh, it's, it's just really good coffee, so you guys should check it out because it could help with some other stuff too. Oh, yeah. Nicely done. Um, we're going to get fire quote come across Twitter from Dan Ooh. Mullen. Ooh, wait on one after the game said the last game the 2020 team played was 11 days ago. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> well, and isn't it interesting how Trask did play? Yeah, true. You know, all those other guys decided to opt out, but he was still playing. So I think there could be a chance he comes back, just like there could be a chance they were talking about this in, during the Alamo broadcast, Hank, that Sam Ellinger comes back to Texas. Yeah, I mean that's everything's on the table it's a weird year it, it was i mean you if know, i'm jimbo i'm doing that with kelamond i'm sure oh yeah but but the thing is like we any of those guys could with a good post or pre-draft process get themselves up just outside of that top six because i really do think that that seventh quarterback spot is very much up for grabs and that's assuming that kyle trask does declare to me though like we we talked a little bit about the players deciding to opt out so often now Kyle Trask should have opted out of that game. And that's something that we haven't said yet, but he certainly should have opted out of that game because if he is going to the draft, that is going to cost him a lot of money. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hindsight being 2020 for sure. He should have opted out, but um, okay. We start with the bulls, not really anything great on new year's Eve because Xavion Collins has opted out of the Tulsa Bowl. So Tulsa against Mike Leach's Mississippi State team doesn't mean much. San Jose State, Ball State, that's a good one um, to talk about from a betting standpoint. But prospect-wise, who am I focused in on this one, Justin? I mean, Nick Starkle, I guess. 
They've got yeah. a, they've got some decent wide receivers and and tight end wise. I mean, there's some guys on San Jose State that are going to get a get a couple of looks. Honestly, most of the looks they're going to get are defensively, and I, and I'm John blanks on a couple of their names. I should have pulled some of that up, I but they were a corner. defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some. Nice they've got corners. a corner that you know is going to make some noise, but this is one of those games. It's it's not really an NFL prospect type game, but it could be one of the better bowl games in terms of. I think so. And you have two teams that'll probably actually want it. So, so you think yeah, all state will it. keep this closer than the 10 point spread? Yeah, that was a little surprising to me. I, oh, I mean, me I definitely too. think San Jose state is significantly better than ball state based on what I've seen. I was actually pretty surprised that ball state ended up winning the Mac when it was all said and done. Yep. But yeah, I see this more like a, a touchdown game. Yeah, you guys had a uh, both. You guys all had Buffalo in that MAC championship, and that was a surprise, outright upset. That they're like two dog, uh, two touchdown dogs. Ball State was, it was um, a significant upset. But they are begging you to bet on Ball State. They are just begging you to lay the ten points. Uh, that stinks to me. I'm taking San Jose cheese, State. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm taking San Jose State minus ten. Um, backtracking to some of the bulls we've seen already really like the tight end uh logan carter at oklahoma state i thought he was impressive in that bowl game they had against miami okay moving on to the big bulls and it starts it'll be like perfect 10 a.m just in time for you youngsters to wake up a little hungover on new year's eve um hey me too henry me Two, and you've got Cincinnati taking on Georgia. We didn't talk about it in the conversation we had about the quarterbacks at the top, but that Cincy QB fits into that. Um, arguably the two best defenses in the country. I think Notre Dame belongs in that conversation, but Georgia and Cincy definitely belong in that conversation. Uh, me, Jay Sanders, the best prospect on Cincy. Um, he's an edge rusher, really looks the part. Bummer, though, Georgia isn't going to have Monty Rice, uh, their star linebacker, Eric Stokes, their uh, best corner, or at least their most consistent corner opposite Tyson Campbell, um, and they're missing a few other guys. So that's a bit of a bummer. And uh, since he is a six-and-a-half-point dog, the over-under set at 50-and-a-half, really intriguing. Um Henry, start us off. How do you see this playing out? I kind of like Cincinnati. And yeah. and yeah. I think I'll sprinkle the money line even. Just because yeah. with these opt-outs, you mentioned the Georgia opt-outs. Cincinnati didn't have anybody opt-out. Is that something? I think that's a huge advantage. Given what we've seen in all these yeah. games, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely sprinkling that Cincinnati money line. Crazy, though. When you give some of these other teams a chance, their players don't just want to quit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they I appreciate mean, it. Jake, I feel like I've seen this twice from UCF. Once they beat Baylor with Blake Bortles in the Fiesta, and then they beat Auburn to be, yeah. you know, national champions. Um, yeah. So we, we see this, you know, the top group of five team comes in massive chip on their shoulder against the SEC team that doesn't have its veterans, doesn't totally care, and they win outright. So we're all on Cincinnati. Is that what we're doing here, Jake? I would say so. I just think that Cincinnati has really kind of the team makeup to actually pull they this off because they, they run the hell out of the ball. And if you're able to kind of control it and, 
you know, Georgia's probably going to try and do that as well. Um, I don't know if I completely trust JT Daniels to be the field general and lead this team to a big victory yet. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but I do kind of like the Bearcats in this spot. Just as you said, they're playing the underdog. They've been disrespected all year by the committee in the rankings. I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with their hair on fire. Kind of like the over too counterintuitive because those are such good defenses, but with what Georgia's missing on D and uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, nice little quarterback. He can make mm-hmm. some plays. He looks the part. Yeah. He's mobile, a little skinny, tall guy. He, he does his thing. A little Kaepernick-esque. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's got those vibes. Then we move on to Auburn Northwestern again, like Auburn, a million opt outs. I don't even know if we totally want to talk about this, even Northwestern, but I don't know. I mean, I want to talk about it from a gambling standpoint, Northwestern three and a half point favorites. Do we, do we love that? Or is Auburn the way to go? They just had a coaching change. Like Auburn, Where do I go with this? I don't know. Auburn's already hurt me so much this year. They yeah. don't have their coach. I they we just talked about it. They failed in this situation before on these New Year's Day bowl games against uh, UCF. They just kind of came out flat in that game. They did have a little bit of opt outs, but I mean we can't just hand out excuses to everyone that has opt outs, especially yeah. this year. Yeah, totally. Um, so I mean, if I had to bet on this game, I'd bet Northwestern, but I straight up hate it. I, I hate the idea of betting on Northwestern in a game against Auburn when Northwestern's favored. Like, like that is something yeah. I don't think I'm capable of doing. Although I do think that's a smart bet. I'm staying so far away from this game. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. This is like a unicorn. This has happened like maybe twice in your lifetime, Henry would Northwestern against Auburn actually have Northwestern as the favorite team. I can't bet on them. I can't. Justin, you're in agreement on all this. Just start talking about here. There's no value anywhere. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's true. It's the biggest stay away of the weekend. I'm like, it's not even close. So Notre Dame, Alabama, 20 point spread. Yikes. Um, Again, like, Vegas has come to your doorbell They and they are kindly uh, offering you a shiny box and it's got Notre Dame plus 20. They're saying right here on a platter, buddy, like uh, they beat Clemson. Did you not watch that game? Ian Book, he's been great all year. Even Jake's talking him up. Um, I, yeah, the cheesiest of cheeses. I don't even know what to do with this. I do think Notre Dame's the best defense Bama's faced all year this point do we care do we care right do we care that's the question justin start us off do we care about notre dame's defense okay good i mean a little bit start good uh total points for bama set at 42 and a half we're going over that yeah yeah, way (laughs) over that (laughs) if we could have props on Devontae smith how many yards is our guy gonna have where would you even set it 50 plus He's going to go off. I mean, <laughs> he's right yeah, he's going to go off. It'd probably be like, oh, I mean, they, they wouldn't actually set, set it at that because that's absurd, but he's going to he's gonna torch him, man. It, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun matchup in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I mean, we've got NFL tackles on both sides. We, we have NFL quarterbacks. Book, look, 
I saw Trace McSorley playing primetime in the NFL. Exactly. So we're, we're not going to hate on Ian Book right now. Um, and obviously the wide receivers are are special on the Bama side with Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertain. I mean, we're seeing tons of guys who would be Broncos candidates, tons of players. Um, Notre Dame's going to score, man. I'm, I'm like not trying to be oh, that, yeah. that Bama homer guy. You know, they are going to score. Oh, they're just going to beat the hell out mm-hmm. of them. This game makes me a little nervous. I'm not taking that 20-point spread. Notre Dame's played everybody tough this year. Yeah. You know, the the cynic in me feels like it's the same old story. Bama's yeah. going to roll them in the first yeah. game. Yeah. Notre Dame has no business being here. But I think with what we've seen, it, it should be a closer game than that. They're going to be able to move the ball. I mean, Bama hasn't stopped anyone of, of substance in months. So it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting matchup just to see how they respond, but I think they ultimately pull away in the second half. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go the over. There's obviously no value in betting mm-hmm. Bama money line unless you parlay it with something else. But it's, 66 and a half, I, I like the over in that one too. Totally. Yeah. I've been such a sucker with all these college football picks. I'm not going to be a sucker and take Notre Dame plus 20. I'm being begged to do so. I will. I refuse to do so, my friends. Um, but Henry, I'm sure you like Notre Dame plus twenty. I mean, I watch it be a one-score game, <laughs> I, dude. I know. I, Notre I want... Dame could win outright. Like this is yeah. these teams really well, are right, talented now, enough. Down, Andre. Well, I'm just saying, they just, doesn't no. have a defense. No, I mean, they, they have, have a defense. Shot. I'm but very nervous. Like. That is one of the things I don't like about college football is I can't just say things like Bama doesn't have a defense because in the wide scheme of college football, like they are better than a thousand college football teams out there. But in terms of like these last couple of weeks when we're really down to it, it's like it doesn't do much for me at the same time though. Like I can't in good conscience take Notre Dame with those points. Like it's Alabama and I know it sounds crazy, but if, if Bama scores 45 points, is Notre Dame getting to 25? That's maybe possible. garbage. Exactly. And so that's why I'm just not going to bet on this. Uh, I, it, I mean, I'm kind of with you, though, Hank. Like, I really want to take the Irish just for oh, the value. Just please sake. give it to me. Yeah. And just, just because I want to see the close game, yes. I would love to see a Notre Dame upset, as weird as that is to say. Oh, yeah. But I, I just, how do you bet against you get the better quarterback, you get the better offensive line? You get the better running back. You get the better playmakers on the outside. Defense, coaches. maybe a wash. Coaches, for sure. Uh, maybe Notre Dame has a better defense, but still, I just think it's all on Alabama's side. I think that's the side that you have to take. They Nick did. They've been undefeated in Jerry World, too. Oh, no, that factors in. They did yeah. score 33 against Clemson, but that's 33. I think they're <sighs> going to score. 20 plus in this. I, 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 well, I think yes. it's going to be closer to 30 yes. when it's all said and done, but I think Bama might hang 50 plus, even as good as this Notre Dame defense is. Yeah. Wouldn't so be we'll, we'll just have to see, I guess. And you know, last time we were saying, like, oh, Bama's defense isn't great, not up to the usual standards. Kyler Murray's Oklahoma offense, which looked like game breakers, got like annihilated. Um, Oklahoma so, did save in like two game, plus though. weeks to scheme for one offense. That's where I love saving. Oklahoma did cover because Kyler in the second half was yeah. like on a mission to not lay a complete egg, but still. Um, 
I think that second half shot him to the number one draft pick. Could definitely have, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, it, I mean, it he played was a big part. Going to be a high pick either way, but dude, him getting up from a couple of the hits that Quinn and Williams laid on him in that game, like brutal. consolidated his draft. Like, oh, okay, he can survive a hit like that at least. Like, all right, I, I guess I'll gamble on it. Um, Jake, Sugar Bowl final, semifinal. Ohio State at Clemson. Clemson seven point favorite. What you got? I mean, if you're giving me a chance to bet against Ohio State, I'm not gonna, you know, doubt that at all. I'm gonna take it, uh, especially just because I think the mismatch of Clemson's offense against Ohio State's defense is gonna be probably the matchup that determines this game. And I think it's gonna be Clemson fairly easily. I know they hung in there last year. Ohio State did. But, I mean, this is such a different team. They they didn't have Chase Young this time. They don't have Okuda. So there's a lot of guys missing from uh, last year's matchup. I just don't see this being nearly as close. You can get Clemson minus eight at plus money. That sounds oh, so nice. Yeah. I know it's one of those where it's like, am I try, do I, why do I think I know more than Vegas? You know, they always know more. But I don't, that seems pretty tempting. Yeah. You have to take Clemson though, right? Yeah, I mean, plus After. Ohio State has played what, like six fewer games? Maybe not yeah. that many because yes. Clemson missed them too. But, but five yeah, fewer. five fewer. Yeah, I mean that. I think that is worth something. I don't know what it's worth, but something. Well, and I mean, Justin Fields right now is kind of broken. Justin yeah. Fields is not processing. He's holding on to the ball way too long. And uh, he's going to have to play his A game. This has to be, was it? So at the end of last year, Justin Fields is kind of banged up. So he's forced to be more of a passer. And he really played some incredible football. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, he's going to have to enter that mode and tap into his elite athleticism and running ability. He's going to have to be Deshaun Watson against Bama back in the day. I mean, he's really going to have to be special. If he is, this is going to be one of the greatest playoff games we've had since the college football playoffs came around. I mean, Fields against Lawrence is going to be just absolutely epic. But the way Fields has looked lately, I'm not confident. I think, uh, you know, Justin getting plus money um, to for Clemson minus eight kind of sounds smart. Um, and, you know, like this is a terrible Ohio state defense. Sean Wade's going to have to show up in a big way. Wyatt Davis, their star guard needs to show up and they got to dominate in the trenches. This is another game where you've got NFL talent on both sides of the trenches for both teams. Um, and you have some intriguing matchups at wide receiver and cornerback on both sides of the ball. And you have some, you know, like NFL level running backs on both of these teams, not to mention the quarterbacks. So this is the probably from a draft perspective, the best matchup we're going to get all year. Um, the Bama Florida's up there. If we get Bama Clemson, that's going to be up there as well. I thought Ohio State coming into the season was the best team in the country. Their defense hasn't lived up to it. Their run game hasn't lived up to it. Fields hasn't lived up to it. So I got to take Clemson, even though Clemson's kind of look like a shell of themselves too. But I think Trevor Lawrence will get it done. I honestly think maybe the best thing that could have happened to Clemson this year was losing to Notre Dame mid-year uh, without Trevor Lawrence. Like that was actually a gift from the college football gods that just gave that whole program a whole different juice 
in motivating them to kind of run through the rest of that ACC slate. So I really like them and I'm really excited for this. This is going to be a good one. I remember Hank, we were so excited about Clemson LSU. I got similar vibes, you know, similar vibes. Um, I'm glad it's going to be a game we watch like eight times over the next couple of months, just for prospects alone. So get it'll used be, to it. it'll be that one. It'll yeah. be the, the like King Karee watch game. Last yep. year's LSU Bama game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, way oh, too much yeah. consensus here though. on some of these games, we do it every single week and we get <laughs> murdered, Justin. Um, I mean, if you want to go, if you want to backtrack over the slate and like, establish what landmines we've walked into and try to undo the damage. I'm happy to, but I like the Cincy pick. That's the one I feel best about. Um, Northwestern massive stay away. We said that. I think it's the Auburn one. I think Auburn maybe. I I know it's, I know we're saying stay away with Northwestern, but Auburn at plus money. Maybe it's cheese, but it's one. I hate Auburn and I'm telling like, I, I think there's value maybe there and we just are missing it because we don't like them. I, I mean, you know. could be right. No coach, though. No coach. Well, yeah. I don't know. Tennessee. Sometimes I think we factor that too much. It's a wonky bowl game. They beat Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Arkansas. They did not Kentucky. beat South Carolina. They lost oh. to South Carolina. Oh, yep, they did. I read that one wrong. Colin Kentucky. Hill, baby. The only good thing he did this year. That was the big Jace Horn game, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's, I mean, and you know, even Notre, so though, like, I think maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it. here. If Notre Dame covers the 20, <laughs> none of us are going to be like, Oh, Notre Dame covered the 20. I never saw that coming. We'll all be like, yeah, we all saw that coming, which is why we hated it. It's 20 yeah. points I mean, in a playoff game. Yeah. You it's can't insane. Be surprised that they were able to keep it within 20. Right. No, exactly. I mean, no, Brian Kelly's built that program up to legitimately be able to get off the bus and think they can win against this type of team. They've done it already against Clemson. They're not that far behind. This might sound really dumb in two days or whatever, the day after this this game is played. But I mean, I think Notre Dame going, going into this game, a lot of people are discounting them because of their reputation in games like this. Whereas right. I've been I've been saying all year this Notre Dame team is different. I think they're a lot better than past Notre Dame teams that have been this in this position. And I think last week was just or two weeks ago, whenever it was, the ACC championship yeah. game was just a really bad look for Notre Dame. I mean, it's so hard to beat a team twice in one year. Yes. And they played fantastic that first time against Clemson. So they have it in them for sure. I, I it's just kind of disrespectful, I think, to just say, oh, it's just easy Alabama minus 20 when this could, we've already said it multiple times, this could very well be a ball game. 100%. That championship game is the reason that I personally am discounting them. And and I think part of it was that I was so high on them before. Yeah. I, I thought they had a real chance that. against Clemson. And, and then when we saw what happened, I was like, well, to me, that book is written and I am ready to, I, I will lose and be happy losing if Notre Dame proves me wrong at this point. Is Ohio State going to run the ball on Clemson? Because, I mean, they really ran the ball well in the Big 12 championship game. It was the only, yeah, I mean, Big the 10. Big 10 championship game. I, they hadn't Clemson done it all shut season. down Notre Dame on the ground, man. Yeah. That's the second thing. Game. Second game. If they, can't, if they can't run the ball, 
fields has I could to. See, yeah, I could yeah. really see this getting ugly. Exactly. I mean, but we're talking about Ohio State. This is the team that's been running this spread, just spread you out and attack you where you're weakest in the run game for years. So if there's yeah. – and you have the quarterback to make it even more dangerous. I mean, this isn't Dwayne Haskins back there. This is a guy that is actually a threat on the ground. So it could be, it could be possible for sure. Anytime I saw highlights of Dwayne Haskins running or throwing on the run, I thought about that epic Stephen A. Oh, he's just a runner. <laughs> he's just an ass, whatever bullshit that was on the like most prototypical pocket passer we've had in years. Um, yeah, no, it's uh if Urban was there, I think I'd probably be pretty heavy on Ohio State, even with how they've played. Can we uh can we talk Ryan about Day. AM North Carolina though? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Did I skip over that? Yes. Let's it's please. it's after the playoff, but it's um Oh no, let's let's touch team. on those real quick. Let's touch on those um on the second as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is my ahead. game though. This is I mean, besides the playoff games, this is the one I'm most excited for. This AM mm-hmm. North Carolina game, just because of the talent at running back. And North Carolina, yeah. I think, could really set a tone here for next year. I mean, they're getting most of their guys back, including Sam Howell. So this could yeah. be a major stepping point for this North Carolina program. I don't want to say push Clemson just because that's a big claim, but there's no Trevor Lawrence next year. The window is open in the ACC. Javante Williams isn't going to play. No. Oh, Michael Carter isn't going to play. Oh, my that's God. Surat too. All right. Forget what I just said then. I'm not excited. In a oh, new year in a New Year's Six, you're a program on the come up. You haven't been ranked in the top 15 in forever. Man, There's it no breaks motivation my heart. There, then it they, breaks we, my we, we gotta heart. change it. Sam no, Howell's playing though. Sam Howell's playing. Um, Spiller playing. Please tell me Spiller's playing. I'm assuming he's playing because he's a sophomore. He's not listed yeah, as out that I've seen. Thank God. Okay. Not on my list. The game's um, still great then. Yeah, I mean, and I do think North Carolina's kind of a sneaky dog there. Like yeah. even with those absences plus seven and a half, I kind of like that. Yeah. And, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody said like, they want to say that North Carolina could push Clemson next year. They certainly could be in that conversation. Like it, yeah. quarterback changes change a lot of things and not having Trevor Lawrence is going to be huge for Clemson. And I mean, we, we don't know, but Sam Howell could st- I don't know. How do I want to say this? A lot of people think that he's the number one quarterback next year. I'm not so convinced, but he very well could be the number one overall pick. And it wouldn't be all that surprising if that were the case. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, Oregon, Iowa State, Iowa State Cyclones favored by four. So who's out in this one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get your list ready. Henry's the Oregon guy. In the meantime, oh. Justin, who do you have in that North Carolina AM? So, oh, sorry, but it doesn't, nobody's listed as out. This yeah. doesn't, no, yeah. it was updated early this morning. Yeah. So Brock so Purdy and Brees Hall are playing. I believe so. As far yeah. as we know, right now. As long now. as they aren't injured, because then they wouldn't be on this list. Of course, then by warm ups, we'll find out that there are six other major. COVID outbreak. Uh, um, Justin, start us off with uh, Iowa State, Oregon, and give us your pick for the UNC A&M game as well, please. I'm going Oregon in the upset because I don't believe in Brock Purdy no matter how many times I 
keep almost coming back to it because of the dumb things that Iowa State <laughs> keeps doing. It's crazy. And then uh, I think we got to go A&M just with the opt-outs. It could be – I'd like the value there from a betting perspective. I really like yeah. uh, the North Carolina money line. We've made a lot of money on them this year. Yes. Yep. A&M could be in that mode where it's, you know, another SEC team they don't want to play. They don't really want to be there. It could also be, you know, the opposite where, you know, we got left out. Let's show, let's hang 50 on them. They should have let us in. Mm -hmm. And then all off season, they get to complain and declare themselves national champions and all that. Right. But uh, so if you're, I think I got to go A&M and I'm going to go Oregon, but I, I, if I'm a better, I'm I'm definitely sprinkling some money on that North Carolina money line, just because the value is there. Yeah, for sure. It is a big motivation game for AM though, because it could I could see it be a major letdown. I could see it be um major motivation in building that program up that now we're here, we want to consolidate it and end the year in the top four. Henry, Oregon, pulling this off. I like I like Iowa State. I Oh God, just, if Henry oh, is not in on Oregon, what am I oh, doing? Yeah. I, oh no, no, that that Tyler Shuck. He does some good things. Oh, then, like, shucks. By, oh, wow. Gray's so funny. Um, but yeah, I think like in a couple of years, Tyler Shuck is going to be good. He's just not there yet. And and Brock Purdy at this point is the better quarterback. Reese Hall is a better running back than what Oregon has. And that's kind of the strength of Oregon's team. I, I just think that Iowa State is the, the program just in a better place. I, I think a lot more of their players are at the point where they're playing their best football. And I can't say the same about Oregon. Um, and, and I just, I'm, I hope Oregon wins. It'd be good for the PAC 12 and my, the fun parts of my job, but uh, yeah, I don't love it. I think. Well, yeah. Oh, I so I, I, I just don't know what to make of Oregon. I mean, are we learning our lessons after losing tons of money on Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma state and the rest of the big 12 by not fading them in this final bowl game? Wow. I, so I just don't know what to make of Oregon. I mean, yeah, they beat USC impressively in the, in the PAC 12 championship game, but they've lost some games that were very winnable and did not look good. And even in some of the wins uh, specifically against UCLA, they look very beatable in that game too. And Matt Campbell runs a really tough program at Iowa state, man. I, I really like this team and just getting the last chance to see Brees hall. And, you know, we make fun of him, but Brock Purdy is, he can be fun to watch. I just worry about this cave on Thibodeau and those guys on the D line for Oregon start to just, Yep. Terrorize this game. Sewell and Thibodeau. Do they tear it apart? I could see it. I could see it being much more likely next season. Definitely. That's the thing. These really are the 2021 teams, as Dan Mullen said. And Oregon's 2021 team looks promising. Oh, yeah. Iowa State, one of the few teams fielding their 2020 team in their final game of 2020. Uh, As of now. True. As of now, yeah. No, I'm taking the same of Colorado at this point. (laughs) I'm taking the Ducks. I'm not done fading the Big Twelve just yet. I will keep it going. Uh, Just not stopping here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Maybe we'll have to start doing that in college hoops too, Justin. I've lost a bunch of money on Texas Tech already, so uh, why stop now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) There we go. (laughs) With that, a happy New Year's to you all from the Draft Pod crew. We really appreciate you guys riding with us. I'm getting excited that, you know, questions picking up 
it's draft season. We knew that was going to happen and it's only going to get better from here. So stay tuned with us every week from now until the big day in April. Um, And from Henry Chisholm, Jake Schwanitz, Justin Michael, Andre Simone, I bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. And we will be back next week to preview the Natty. uh, And that'll be lots of fun. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, yeah, later. Good one.